Our series uh, that we're in now is about what we were just heard, what we just experienced. You know, to to know God. To and, and when we know God, then we we fall down and worship Him. And the the, the Greek word for for worship literally means to to fall down in front of. Yeah, and that's. When we are still, when we put away all the distractions and truly grasp you know, the size, the, the magnificence of God and know Him, not just in our head, but in our whole self, then we fall down before Him with our whole life you know, at, at all times. And, and when we do that, when we come before Him, when, when we gather with Him, when that is happening, then there is some bad news and some good news. Now, the good news is that the good news is better than the bad news. But the bad news is, when we encounter God, that begins a struggle because I'm a sinner and you're a sinner. You're broken and I'm broken. You do not love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you don't love your neighbor as yourself. And if you don't believe me, I got a few stories. But we don't. And and, and our our struggle is then with God who wants and requires and desires full allegiance to him. But, and, but the, the good news is that that God, when we know Him, then we are overwhelmed with this scandalous grace, with this love that is greater than we can imagine, this love that God loves you, period, just as you are. Yes, just as you are. You don't have to change one thing. Because there's nothing you can change. There's nothing you can do to make God love you any more or any less. Nothing. And God loves you so much. He loves you just as you are. But He loves you so much, He's not going to let me or you stay there. He's not going to let us stay in our brokenness and sin that leads to death and destruction. No. God loves us so much that He's going to encounter us. He, he's, going to, he's going to have us experience so that we're going to struggle because He wants to transform us. And He will do that. He will continue to mature us. And you know what that means? That means change. He His goal is to change you, is to change me, to be more and more like Jesus. And you know what I know about people? We don't like change, especially if somebody else is in charge of it. We're okay with change if I'm in charge of it. You can do this any day. Any day, you just be sure there's somebody in the driver's seat and somebody in the passenger seat in the front seat of the car. And just be sure that they're both awake. And that you're awake in the back seat. And observe. You, the one who's driving, who's causing the change, they're easy going. They're fine. But watch the person in the passenger seat. I mean, they're like, whoo, ah, ah, grabbing hold and, and all the rest. And the person, there, the person that's driving is fine. 
You know, you've seen that? It's fun to watch when Kathy's in the passenger seat and my kids are driving. I mean, she's about to have a heart attack. And kids think everything's just fine. See? Yes, my son's in the back giving two thumbs up. But you see, God isn't going to let us stay in the driver's seat when we meet him. There's the struggle. There's, there's ultimately the struggle. Did God say, I'm sorry, you can't sit there and drive. You've got to sit over here. And I'm going to drive. And that's, that's the struggle. And we, we fight. We go back to that driver's seat every chance we get. What God wants in our worship, when we gather in our everyday worship, He's going to be leading us to change us, to mature us, to make us so that we are full speed love in life. Just like Jesus. Uh, our passage that we've been looking at throughout this series and that it's on the, the back of each of the, the, the um, everyday worship uh, guides during the, uh, the, the week is Romans 12. And I'm going to ask that we stand and we, we read this together. It's Romans 12, 1 through 2. And this is the message we've read it a number of times and continue to, to read this and, and just catch how God is at work changing us. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Maybe seated. Let's, let's pray. Almighty God, meet us in this, this time. Teach us, uh, show us what, what are the, the ways that you're challenging us, that you're, you're changing us. What are the ways that we're in the struggle? Help us to be open and honest to what you are doing and saying and admit that struggle of letting you lead the way. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, our... Uh, um, as, as we, this has been the, the case, this struggle has been the case, you know, since the uh, beginning, right? That, that when we encounter God, there is a, a struggle. Uh, there's this, this battle, this war that wage, rages within us, really of, of control, of relinquishing control to God. Um, Eileen Boyle, one of the members of the worship uh, session team that's been, um, again, spearheading and really behind this, this series and the class in the middle hour, um, just had a, a story, um, one of the, the stories for us of just as she thought about struggling, how it impacted her. So, is this on? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, no? Wait a minute. Now. Testing? Yay. 
praise God. <laughs> That's a struggle there. <laughs> you know, when I was thinking about struggling and trying to come up with a story here, you know, what I really realized is I don't have a struggle in my life. I struggle every day. I struggle with a lot of different things. So I just want to share with you one of my ongoing struggles that I have, and that is on Sunday morning. Sunday morning I'll wake up early sometimes. When I wake up early I can start reading, I can start doing something. Sometimes I wake up late and I could be in a rush. But for some reason I don't want to come here to church. You know, I'd rather sit in my comfortable home. I suffer with depression. That's the reason sometimes. Sometimes I can get on the computer and get involved with that and I don't want to come. And I know, I know in my heart that this is a struggle between Satan and God. God wants me at church. Satan doesn't. And Satan wins some of the times. But the times that I battle with that struggle and trust in God and come to church, even when I don't want to be here, something happens that connects me with God. It can be a word from the sermon. It can be a line in a song or listening to the choir. It can be a hug from a friend or a smile or somebody saying, welcome, I love you, you know, and I can say with all certainty that when I overcome the struggle and get here on Sunday morning, even when I don't want to be here and I'm struggling through everything, I have never left on a Sunday regretting the fact that I have come here. There is always some nugget from God that touches me in my heart and reconnects me with him. And that's why I know I need to persevere through the struggle. I don't always do it, but I always know that when I do come here, something good does come out of it, and God will connect with me. Thanks, Eileen. So this, this struggle is uh, from the very beginning. Uh, we, we see it's, it's seed, we see it uh, full-blown in Genesis chapter 3, verses uh, 1 through 7. Um, you can follow along on the screen, or uh, you can uh, uh, go turn to page 2 and uh, see how early it is um, in your pew Bible. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? Now, uh, just so if you don't know the beginning of the story, God created Adam and Eve. And he told Adam and Eve, you can eat anything, anything except from this one tree. He actually told Adam that. And we, we pick up then in, uh, in here. So then the serpent comes to Eve and says, did God say that really? Verse 2. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. 
catch the struggle there with, uh, with Eve, the, the, the temptations, that, the desire that works within her, that she wants to be in the driver's seat. It's not that we want to be God. We just want to be our own God. You know, I'm really not interested in being God over other people. I just want to be God for me. As long as I can make the rules for me. As long as I can see what I want, see what my desires are, and go fulfill them. That's what I want to do. That's the sin within me. That's the selfishness within me. But God loves me so much, He doesn't want me to live in that way. He doesn't want you to live that way. He didn't want Adam and Eve to live in that way. I said, no. That you may long for that, you may want that, but that will lead to your destruction. Uh, we, we have that struggle every time that we engage with God. Did, did you note, too, some of the ploys that Eve had? She added a, a thing in, into the, the Word. God said, you know, you can eat of all of these trees except for this one right here. Don't eat, eat from all the rest, but don't eat from this one. And then she added a little bit. She said we can't eat from it or, or touch it. You know, we, we start to, to play with God's words. Our, our struggle is we, 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 we want to say, well, look, God's just a killjoy. God doesn't really know what's best for me. God doesn't really have a, the heart for me to be all that he created me to be. He's just telling me not to eat and touch that because he's selfish. You know, she, she, we, we add to it. it. It leads to that doubt of, does God really love me? Does God really know what is best for me? You know, that's part of that struggle that we face. And then, I mean, you've got to wonder, all of a sudden in this passage, Adam shows up. And it says, well, then she ate, and then she gave some to Adam. Who we find out, he'd been there all along. No, why didn't you say something, Adam? I mean, Adam was really there when God gave the command back in, in the, the chapter before. And then Eve was created after that. But Adam just sort of silently complicit. It's important to recognize that just because you have community doesn't mean it's a safeguard against falling into sin. It's a safeguard that we're going to struggle with God and obey Him. That's why we have confession together. Because it's not just something you do isolated, that I'm a sinner and you're a sinner, but that we are sinners together. And we, we even build systems that, that are sinful systems that if we benefit from them, we appreciate them and don't even notice them. Just because we're together doesn't mean we don't struggle. So we struggle together and alone. I mean, Adam, and, and maybe you can imagine too, just in situations, maybe at work or at school, where, where you know things are going down a pathway that are wrong. 
You know that you're struggling because you know God is saying this is not bullying or lying or cheating or or, or things that are dishonest and and business practices. You're in the boardroom and what's being talked about you know is wrong, but man, you you don't want to be a killjoy. You know, you don't want to be seen as that person. You, 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 don't, you don't want to lose your job. You don't want to lose your friends. And God's encountering you right there. And it's time to worship Him in the boardroom or on the playground. Right? You know, you know that struggle. It's struggle. And that's where Adam was. And he just silently, complicit, and ate on. So does this struggle, it's been around since the beginning. You know, so there's... Just, you gotta rec- we got to recognize, stop trying to hide it. Stop trying to ignore that we're sinners. It's been around since the beginning. This is who we are as humans. We are frail, sinful human beings. And the first thing we've got to recognize, this is part of our condition. But, but note this, that it doesn't end. Um, turn to Matthew 28, or follow along on, on the screen. Um, which is the very end of the Gospel of Matthew. At the very end, and, and Jesus is, is giving his, his final words to the disciples. And, and he, um, it's a familiar passage to, to many, you know, the, the Great Commission. So it's Jesus with the 11 disciples. So he, he'd, he'd lived with them, you know, he died, he'd been raised a new life, been hanging out with them, and now he's about to ascend, so he's giving his final commission. You know, um, now look, look at this, verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. You know, the grand, great commission. The final words that Jesus is giving to his disciples. But look, and these are the guys that have been with him, right? They've seen him heal people. They've heard his teachings over and over and over again. They, they They were with him when he took loaves and fish and fed thousands. They saw Lazarus raised from the dead. I mean, they're with Jesus. They've seen the scars in his hands and his side. They, they know he was dead on the cross and that he's raised to new life and they're gathered with him. I mean, this is the rallying cry, right? Go win one for the gipper here. I mean, you're supposed to bust out. But what do these disciples, how do they respond when they're before Jesus? They worshipped him and doubted. Does he really know what he's talking about? Is he really all authority given to him? Is, is he really going to be with me every step of the way? Really? Is he going to do And, and it's what I love is the struggle right there. He, they worshipped and doubted. And they've been with him. And he, the risen Jesus is right in front of them. And they still you know, struggled even in that moment. So you see, it's biblical to struggle. <laughs> You know, we're, we're like the disciples. If there isn't a struggle, it's because we're not walking with Jesus. 
I've had you know folks come and just they were beset with sin and like you know this is just troubling me and it's the same sin over and over again. I keep confessing and I'm like, you want me to show you my prayer journal? I mean, I got from college. I've been praying the same prayer since college. Talk about a struggle. I said, but you know, I find solace here is that. The fact that you're struggling is a sign that you're, you're encountering God. The fact that you're struggling is a sign that God is, is with you. You know there's something more. You know there's something better. That's, that's the sign that God is with so you. Even the disciples there. And, and, and notice too, notice too the, the, uh, the, the disciples are struggling. But notice too Jesus' words. You know, ultimately, what he's saying, you go and make disciples. And what does it mean to be a disciple? To do everything that Jesus said. So, well, there's the struggle, isn't it? You know, to do everything that Jesus said. You mean to forgive my enemies? To forgive seven times, 70 times over over and over again? To, to, to love my neighbor as much as I love myself? To love God with everything that I am? You know, that's to, to be generous, sacrificially generous to others, to, to welcome the stranger, to care for those that don't look like me, smell like me, or act like me, to put myself to self out for the, the one that's in need. You know, that, yeah, that's, for me, there's the struggle, but that's what Jesus' final words to his disciples were. So, so yeah, we're, we're in that struggle together. Last passage. Look, look at Romans chapter 7. Starting with verse 14. And this captures that struggle. This captures that inner battle. And listen even for the war language that, that Paul uses here. Uh, 7.14 um, to the end of the chapter. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh sold into slavery under sin. I do not understand my own actions. I mean, I started too early, didn't I? Verse 21. Thank you. Sorry. My bad. So, I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I am a slave to the law of God. And with my flesh, I am a slave to the law of sin. Then verse, chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You get the, the bad news there and the good news. That, that struggle is real. That struggle of obedience, that struggle of, yes, that God is good, that God loves me, that, that God wants to lead us into life to the full. And we have that struggle. It's, it's been since the beginning. It's gone throughout, throughout the Scriptures, even through those closest to Jesus. 
when we encounter God, when we experience Him, there will be a struggle. There, there are balloons in the back of uh, this part of the sanctuary in the back over here. They were here yesterday for Barbara Houston's um, uh, funeral. Barbara Houston's a, a, a member here, an elder, deacon, Sunday school teacher, a trustee. Um, and uh, she had quite a struggle in the last part of her life. Uh, I mean, she was in her early 70s. She um, had Parkinson's disease starting in her 50s and really came on in the last few years. And then two years ago, almost exactly two years ago, she fell, broke her neck, and was paralyzed. Two years the, 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 the balloons are back there because that's where she sat um, with her family, just to remember that spot. And the family asked that we keep them there. And there's a, a great uh, story that Tom, her son, shared um, uh, yesterday that uh, they used to sit over here until Tom, he said, inadvertently pinched his little brother and his little brother let out a huge yelp and, uh, on the Sunday morning. And so the next Sunday they were no longer sitting there but way over there. And uh, <clears throat> but one of the things that we celebrated in the midst of that struggle was the continued fight in that struggle of one who was strong, even in the midst of that struggle. Shared one particular story um, where I was with uh, um, after soon after she fell, we were, she was still in the hospital, and Ron, her husband, was was there, and we were talking with Barbara and talking with one another with Barbara there. She was really not very responsive verbally, and at one point, uh, she uh, um, Ron said. We're going to leave now, and I love you, and if you love me, then you'll, you'll kiss me. And he said that with his, just overlooking her. And, and Barbara, who had a tremendous sense of humor, as you can tell from moving seats even then, she uh, hit her lips, you know, bit them when he said that. You know, and so there's Ron, and I'm watching Ron hovering over, lips puckered, and Barbara like that. And then this huge smile on her face. And she puckered. And they said, I love you. As they met lip to lip. There is a, a struggle. There's a struggle that we are in. In our own brokenness. In our feebleness. But God says, I love you. And I'm going to wait to kiss you until you're ready. To release your lips and kiss me. And walk with me. That, that struggle that we're in is real. Let's admit it. Let's, let's be honest. Let's not try to hide it anymore. What, where is that struggle for you? Now what, what relationship is it that, you, that you're, you're broken? It needs to be healed. You know, what, what, what issue is there within your own life? What, what do you need to stop or, or to start? And you know God's telling you that. What, what addiction do you need to address? Stop hiding it. Stop trying to just uh, isolate and, and make it like it's okay. It's not. We're not. We're a bunch of sinners. 
broken. So stop trying to hide it. Let's make it known. It, it, the, the struggle is part of the journey. It's part of God saying, I'm going to sit here and I love you. And will you pucker up and love me? Just admit it. Let's walk together through this. I want you to change and to grow in the fullness of life. Sometimes church can be the worst place to struggle, can it? Sometimes here that that we come with the face painted on when really what we feel inside is our lips bit. No, that's, that's not what we want to be. It's not what God, it doesn't promote growth. It doesn't promote worship in everyday life. Doesn't, doesn't promote worship here, doesn't promote worship in our, whether we work or play. So, so today, let's just let's take another step together. You know, let's be real. Let's admit that struggle and know it's a sign of God's love for us. To embrace us, to change us, to transform us to a life of full speed love. As Jesus was. Amen.